Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fears. We're talking fact or fiction. That's right, we are trying to break down the fluff, the verbiage from the clubs and break them down into what's fact, what's fiction, what's real, what we can trust and hear with our eyeballs and see with our ears. Joining me to do that, Jono, what's happening? Uh, Don't have kids, people, because they're a pain in the ass. I'm currently running on about three hours of sleep because the little one didn't want to go to sleep and then when they did, they decided to wake up at 5am. So I'm chock full of beans today. You don't understand how goddamn jealous I was of you the whole time you were like trying. It's like, we're going on holidays. We're buying some new shit. (laughs) Now I know how your pain feels. I mean, you guys both have two kids, so I can't imagine that pain, but fucking hell, one's enough. That's right. Someone who also has had sex twice. Cam. <laughs> yes. Uh, man, dual income, no kids is where it was at. So, yeah. You know, best time of anyone's life and you know, all downhill from there. You know, until Overpopulating the planet that can't, we cannot sustain. So, you know, good for us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When, when do, when, can we talk about how what's an appropriate age to kick kids out of your house? 18. Reckon 18. Well, you know, you legally have to look after them until they're 18. That's when they're an ad- adult. So. Do you? Do you? Well, I don't know. Mm. I mean, there are some people that don't, but... They're bad people? Is that what you're, yeah. that what you're <laughs> getting at? That's what I'm getting at. Uh, I just don't want to touch that subject. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, speaking of things going downhill, the mock side is up, so you can practice your draft skills. And, of course, the draft kit. Uh, brought to you by Game Day Squad. It does update this week too, so we'll have our re-ranks out um, and we'll we'll update some, some player profiles. Taran Thomas, I'm looking at you. Oh no, <laughs> oh wait, I was kind John of... Jono's burner. <laughs> Zach burner. Williams. Yep. Yeah, Zach Williams is kind of... He'll hurt you in drafts this year. Um, but yeah, please head over to the mock site, practice your drafting skills over there. It is free. Uh, there is a subscription offer. But of course, it is free if you choose to go that way. And uh, support. I've been, I've been doing it all morning, by the way, mock draft, oh. and I found it really, really, really hard in a five-seven-one-five-four to draft a good team from position. As much as it, it feels like the lay down, you know, just draft Dunkley and everything will be okay. Are you doing it's snake really or bonsai draft? Snake. Yeah. And it is super hard to get a good team. Yeah, I've got um. I'm doing the AFL fantasy draft tonight with Warney and all that. I got they oh. give me pick four again, and I've been practicing, and it's, um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's Ford, tough. I think yeah, it'd be a tough streets. four would be a tough spot, I reckon. Well, you kind of just got to choose a mid. You really what best available practicing. sort of thing. Well, what's best available though? No, you think about it. Say Dunkley's one, then you've got say Took, Took and um, Steel gone. Then what have you got? Like a McRae Oliver? No, well, Laird's gone. Laird, oh, Laird and Brayshaw yeah. are going early. So you really get, got your pick of, say, Took, Steel, Mills. That's you, you, you do have a good choice, but ideally, in my eyes, you want to be picking, like, say, seventh because you're getting the last of those guys rather than the first. Mm. Um, it's not too bad because you get a decent forward on the in the second round and um, you'll find... 
a decent defender, but you can't like it's you can't press an issue. I find like you yeah. can't go Doherty. You can't. Yeah, I mean you could, but um, three four on three. Yeah, it is deep punt punt mids. I I like to get one early because your team just looks so thin. Otherwise, yeah, um, you can take one early and then kind of fill out the other positions. That's mm. not a bad strategy. It's hard to get a good F2, though. Yeah, okay. Because um, so you, you try to tie up a decent D1, a decent F1, and a decent M1. And uh, you can find a decent D2. That's not the, the end of the world. But the F2... Um, although I'm probably higher on Horn Francis, so... I'll, I'll probably it'll look good to me when I get when I get him in the seven. Did see a photo of him on, on the socials today. He actually did look in pretty good nick after a training run or a match him, whatever they well, want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, vascular. Anyway, a lot of uh, actual football news this week. Nick Blakey, glandular fever. Woo. Mm, does that mm. bump up Jake Lloyd's stocks? Stonks. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, not heaps, but enough. Mm. Um, Jack Darling got injured. Ankle situation there. Zorko, handbone. Who could have seen that happening? Mm. Not doesn't sound serious, but just it's in the back of your mind. I'm familiar with you, Dane Zorko. You miss a lot of games, so he went down a couple spots for me. And Christian Salem's got a thyroid situation, so he's on a mm. modified training program. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what that means. Doesn't sound good. Like, yeah, it doesn't. There's one that makes it really hard to retain body mass. And if it's that one, then it's probably fine. Yeah. He's not... He's not a big contact machine. Yeah, it's true. So, um, big news though. Harley Bunnell, comeback season. What? Yeah. Harley Bunnell has signed in the VFL with an eye to getting picked up in the mid-season draft. Wow. Lock that man in as an F3 right now. <laughs> Who's taking a punt on him? Geelong? Someone I reckon someone will. If they're in like the top four and they have like a couple of injuries and he's alive at the halfway mark, I think it's Harley <laughs> Bunnell. Someone will take a punt. Son's legend. Has he played in the last five years? He was playing in the Northern w- Territory. Waffle. The what but yeah. Good enough for me. Uh, Oleg Markov has signed with Collingwood and Jordan Dawson has captaining uh, Adelaide. Mm. So, there you go. Anyway, on to the show. Uh, of course, please, just one more ad for our mock site and draft kit brought to you by Game Day Squad. Uh, certainly worth checking those things out and supporting the show. And a lot of great articles on the website from the boys. Absolutely. Anyway, on to fact or fiction. Oh, sorry, I did forget. TC stepped down. TC stepped down from the Suns. Oh, Tony. Tony. No. So uh, the pod might be over in the next week or two. Obviously, we'll be called into duty. (laughs) I assume. Maybe. Anyway, fact fact or fiction. Who wants to kick it off? I may as well start with mine. So one of the big uh, stories in the off-season... Obviously, Grundy joining the Bees and uh, Luke Jackson joining Frio. So everyone's saying that, oh, it's going to knock out two of the biggest um, 
of two of the bigger rough prospects in the game from a fantasy perspective, or three, I guess, um, in, in Gorn, Grundy, and Darcy. Then, of course, you had Lobb joining uh, the Dogs. A few other, you know, teams where they're already playing two ruck systems, and we started to probably talk a little bit about is that is it is there going to be such a really steep decline in in the way rucks score uh, this year, and are they not value at all in draft? Um, you know, besides probably Tim English and Rowan Marshall. Um, I want to know if it's fact or fiction. Uh, because I actually am starting to flip it a little bit. I'm just finding they really, really good value in draft. And it's because everyone across the board is punting them. So on the mock draft site, at the moment, you can get almost any rock you want very, 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 very late in the draft. No one, no one's biting. Like, you'll miss English, you'll miss, uh, you'll miss Marshall, and you'll probably miss Riley O'Brien as well. Almost, you know, guys that could potentially still be really, really good value, like Braden Pruce, you know, old swords like Lane Curvis, all still there come, you know, your second or third last pick. And I find that really interesting to the point where, you know, if they are going to turn value, what what does that look like? And is the drop-off actually going to be that steep to warrant such a massive slide? Do you, do you mean the drop-off between, say, the top ruck and then yeah. the 13th? Yeah, because I, I think the, fur, the further those guys fall back in the draft, the less value Tim English is, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I'd say I'm 100% with you, right? Yeah. Um, looking at it now, Tim English, I don't, I don't mean I don't mind Tim English and I don't mind Ron Marshall, but again, playing around with the mock site, you take these guys, and look, we've talked about this for years, right? Yeah. You take these guys early, um, and your team just looks hollow. Like yeah. it, it really does at the end of the draft. You go, oh, fuck, I'm missing this guy. I'm missing this guy. Whereas if you, say, just avoid picking... And, and this is without them being captainable options. Maybe Marshall mm. is, but, you know, in years past, you could captain Grundy, you could captain Gorn, and, mm. it, and it made it valuable. I don't think you're walking in going, I'm going to captain Team English, yet yeah. he's still going in the second round. Man, you can give me Sean Darcy in the eighth, the back of the eighth. You'll get him later, and, I reckon, and much later. Todd, well, this I'm just going off the ADPs here. You know, Todd Goldstein, thirteenth round. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up for that every every day. And I and like you're talking about Cam, I don't think the difference between the R1 and the R13 is is probably going to be as pronounced as it has been in years past. That's it. You you basically have you know say Tim English is the top averaging ruck at 101 or 102, or maybe he just brains it and goes 110. Probably the 13th ruck in the comp will be 80. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, I, I don't feel like there's enough variance there to what um, getting anyone in the mid-rounds and just completely punting until very, very late in the draft. Well, Dar- so we say fact or fiction? Darcy's the ninth ruck off the board. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, yeah, I can't see those early ones being valuable if that's what the question is. I think it's I mean, fiction. it wasn't, but I, let's say it's fiction. Well, I don't know. You just sort of didn't frame a question. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, I don't think I asked a question. It was just a long statement. It's just a yeah. fact. <laughs> what are you thinking, Jono? What are you seeing on the Supercoach side more? I guess we can sort of flip it on that because the Rucks do tend to score a bit more in Supercoach. 
It's pretty similar in terms of the draft. Like, been mucking around with it. Like, even blokes like Nick Nat, who built for Supercoach, you're getting him in that 12th, 13th, 14th round that um, I haven't played with this weekend, but this was early on, like, Goldstein. He's in the 18th. There you go. Whoa. Like, Lysette, you know, has gone 100 before. Like, he's, you know, got a bit of stink about him coming back from injury. Um, do they play two rucks set up with Dixon or Finlayson or anything, something like that? So there's gold to be mined there. Like, as you said, you punt them right. Nick Nat averaged 100 before, like well over 100. And he's one of those guys who just needs seven or eight possessions, maybe a goal, and he builds him his um, scores off hitouts to advantage, which is pretty big in Supercoach. So you're getting him in the 18th round. <laughs> you're crapping all over your league, mate, there, where you've picked up, you know, another midfielder forward or... Or defender, basically. So, yeah, value to be had there. The rucks in Supercoach are going slightly later than AFL Fantasy. Tim English is going a few picks later. Rowan Marshall's going like a full round, ten picks later. Mm. Brody Grundy five picks. So, even Jared Witts, who was the top ruck in Supercoach last year's pick forty, is the fourth ruck off the board. I mean, that's actually. <laughs> I mean, if you're giving me the number one ruck. Yeah, maybe some, pick four, people are seeing not... some sort of regression or something. Who knows? Well, like let's let's just frame it that way, right? So if you're in ten ten team league, and that's you know start round four, and you're taking your that's the start of five, potent in a ten team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Do you get your if there's two rucks off the board and you're going to grab a third? You reckon that's an okay time? Does that still present value, or do you try and chunk, chunk your third? Probably depends. Like, how have you gone? Did you go say, like, let's say that because that could be the turn, mm. right? So you could be picking yep. up round four and five. If you've say you've gone heavy on a position, you might have gone two forwards, two defenders, I'd, or two two mids. Sorry, you, you probably want to square away a defender before you pick your ruck. But if you had a pretty even balance, that seems fine to me. Mm. I, I'd, I'd feel really nervous just how quickly the mids drop off. Like that's where I think this is going to be driven. Yeah. Right? Is, yeah. Is this? It's tight on two lines this year, uh, and one of the other ones there's plenty defenders, and then rucks. No one gives a shit about because it's one person. The, the only thing. Was, sorry, sorry. The only thing I'll say to that, to Wit's point, if he averages 110, and you, you could potentially be getting a backup captain option yeah, in, but, at the yeah, start of the fifth. And it's for sure more relevant in Supercoach, right? Like that That's just not a, not really a scenario. It is. Um, and, and the mids do fall off a cliff. Like in Supercoach, you can patch up your forward lines and defenders week to week pretty pretty easily. We, it's a bit tougher in AFL Fantasy, I think. Yeah, I was going to say Supercoach, the mids are actually pretty pretty decent up until that 60, 70 mark. Unlike AFL Fantasy, I reckon at 50 they drop off. So you've got a little bit more to play with there. So, so I guess... Let me reframe the question. It was around if the rucks are going to drop off a cliff from a scoring perspective, and we probably don't think that's the case. There'll still be a higher mid forward sort of 10th, 11th, 12th rankings. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. They might just not have that high end. Yep. Mm. Okay. Well, I might go next. I might go next because my player ties right into that. And I wanted to talk about Roma. And, uh, you know, is he a lay-down Mazaire to be the top top ruck because I think we're walking into the season with St Kilda's forward line issues, they got their ruck issues, there's a few injuries down uh, in the tall timber department at St Kilda my, my question is is he a lay down Mazzea to finish as a top ruck because 
once these guys come back, his role could very easily change. So he's the second ruck off the board in both formats. You might project him to actually be the top scoring ruck. I've got him there. But will that shift once those guys return? It's all really down to the Ross Lyons setup. What's what's he actually going to do? Like, cause I don't know about you guys, but I've heard nothing about St. Kilda's game plan, game style. I've seen nothing on the socials as to what their match sim uh, practice has been like. So are they using, you know, Romarsh as that back, uh, main ruck and then they're going to look to play that secondary ruck slash forward like a Luke Jackson, Rory Lobb type backup, who, who that might be? I don't know. Will it be Campbell or Hayes when he comes back in? But I think you're right there, Steve, that Romar is number one for however long until one of these guys is fit and firing again. Got that um, Max Heath bloke as well. Uh, I think he's very young. Very, very green, yeah. Yeah, super green. But they might try and give him a couple of games. I think there's enough there to to say confidence in him. Whereas you look at Tim English and it's like, well, who else is there? Or is there some... Do they do a Sean Grigg, just throw someone who's got a good leap in the ruck? Unkley, V2. Damn straight. Liver. This is St. Kilda. This is St. Kilda, mate, not, not Western Bulldogs. Yeah, it's true. I saw someone talking about the Western Bulldogs, and they had they have so many tall forwards. They do they now, do, yeah. yeah. So it's what Jamara Hagen, uh, Norton, Norton, Bruce, Lob. Well, Lob. Bruce is training back, isn't he? Training back, but he has played. He could be a swing man. Well, same with Sam Darcy. Darcy. Sam Darcy, yeah. yeah. So interesting setup there. I can just see St Kilda. That like I I'd love to have Ryan Marshall on. I think he could be that hundred and ten guy. If he stays in the role the whole year, but that's my concern. So. He'd be good if you know you, you draft him and he's absolutely braining it. He could be someone say say around the buyers. We know that they've got their those backup ruckman coming in. He could be a good sell candidate around that time. And if he is braining it, you'd be, be able to get a good deal for him. If someone's yeah. had an injury to a ruck, yeah, it's interesting because like King should be back after a month. Hayes should be back. Mm. The first half, Campbell. Who knows what's what's going on there? It's um really interesting. It interesting. is. I'd certainly it really rather is. miss him, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jono, maybe we'll, maybe we can't answer that. It's just that's going to be one for the coaches, unfortunately. Well, we got to give a fact or fiction. All right, fact or fiction. Okay, no it's fence sitting. It's fact. I'll call it fact. I'm going to go with fact. I, be- I believe that even if they bring in a second guy, he's going to be playing. Okay. Jono. All right. As draft players, you know, we we do produce the content. There are other formats that produce the content. But predominantly, it's all the salary cap hype um, from the Herald Sun, Murdoch, Murdoch News, and all that sort of stuff. So it starts to get into our brains when we see all these, you know, Salary cap articles, players returning from injury. It's all about the hype. These guys are getting hyped because they're cheap in the salary cap. And you just sit there, you go, yeah, Toby McLean as the number one forward. I'm going to, he's going to be an F1. Jai Cully, you know, played four or five games last year, tearing up the track, training with the main group um, in the in the A-team there for West Coast. You know, we hear Elliot Yo. I know he's a proven gun, but he's getting a lot more hype, even though as drafters we know 
he can be injury prone at time. You know, Wayne Miller coming back from his knee injury, just listed as a forward, burning up the track as well. So, do we get sucked into it where we go, hmm, yeah, I'm going to get Toby McLean and we're going to overvalue them and overdraft them four, five, six, like way too many rounds early and just all that value in their draft um, average that we that they will get is completely gone and the expectations that we think they're just going to be absolute stars uh, when we draft them. Yeah, I think so, Jono. I think so. Um, it depends on the piece. Uh, I often find myself pushing these guys down sometimes, but I think the general public do. And yes, I will certainly fall into that trap sometimes. I think I fell for it last year with Rainer and Warple. Yeah. I think it's easy to do. And it, you know, you just need to constantly question yourself as to whether or not this is a this is someone who you're taking the mid rounds or the late rounds. Because that's kind of where they always fit. And if it's a late, if you're like, I'm comfortable taking him in the late rounds, it's a lottery pick anyway. Yeah, like I think Yo goes a lot earlier than, you know, because he's Yo, proven. Yo, Yo could potentially be one of the, you know, D1s. Defenders off the board. That's right. Whereas the other guys... you can get pretty high at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, and the other guys certainly late round flies for sure. McLean... The good one's Dom Sheeds, right? Dom Sheed is like the salary cap boy this year because he's priced it who cares and his ceiling is whatever, uh, 90... 90, 95, whatever. Yeah. In draft, like, he's going to go way too early for a 90 average pick. Way too early. Oh, definitely. Same with, like, Toby McLean, he's probably your F4, F3, but someone will reach for an F1, F2, maybe. Maybe mm. me. <laughs> <laughs> I think a really interesting guy like that, Jono, is uh, Jack Zebel, who just came out, who's mm. uh, training at half back, and people that, you know, had some messages, guys, you got to bump up Zebel, you got to bump up Zebel. I bumped up Zebel because it's a good role on the forwards do fall off a cliff. I've to about that F20 range. Um, wow. Which is huge, right? It's huge. But, Massive, yeah. but wow. to get to F20 is not... Like, if you're playing off the half-back line as a distributor, it's actually mm. not a hard area no, it was, it was like that Aaron Hall just sitting in the pool. But Aaron Hall got still plum, exists. But he got that plum roll and just went ham. But I suppose, it, you know, a bad half-back is a... You know, good better fight. than average to good forward yeah. every day. Man, I've moved. Well, Ben Longs yeah. falls into the same boat, yeah. And yeah. but he he sort of has that square opportunity again. It might not last though across the whole season. Mm. I think that's the that's the other difference between salary cap and draft. Right? Is in like let's say um, these guys do get the role for the first month, two months, and then uh, Lockie Weller returns for Ben Long's sake. He's done. Right, he's done. Mm. <laughs> that's it. It's over. So, yeah. you, and you just go, well, I'll fucking trade him out in draft. You're like, uh, everyone knows what's about to happen. That's right. <laughs> I think, like where where I think someone like Ben Long is really scary is yeah, all those guys that are going to eventually come back, but also, um, you know, they're all better users than him, right? So he he could already start as a lockdown defender. Yeah, that's then, right. That's, that's then right. jump on Rory Atkins because no one's getting him. Well, Rory Atkins yes. is their, their best ball mover. Oh, dear God. <laughs> the Rory Atkins hype train. Get on board. You heard it here the first. Atkins, Atkins diet. Come on, get on. Yeah, I, 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 that's why I like doing my ranks early, Jono, before the preseason, is because mm. they're there and I don't have to tinker with them too much as these fluff pieces come out. 
I'm pretty much the same. Like, I like to do that. Like, no, no outside influences. Like, well, I think this guy's going to do this, this, and this. And, and that, my, after, you know, all this happening, like, we're doing the re-ranks, I'm only really moving guys that, like, get an injury or there's something yeah. that's, like, float on from an injury. That's all I'm really touching. Or, like, you know, like the Nick Blakey with Jake Lloyd, I'm certainly going to push him. But other than that, I've rarely touched my rankings too much. But I will yeah. take out the double ranks. What about people. someone like a Cam Rayner who's moving from forward line to defence? He, and he's still, like, it's not huge hype, but it's such a better role. I actually saw the team list of that when they played that um, last week. Kitty Coleman wasn't playing. So he's running around there without Kitty Coleman. And I didn't see, was it Archie? His name was on the bench, wasn't it, Coleman? So he didn't play, did he? he I didn't thought play. he was on the bench. I thought he was benched. I, I change. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I might have missed that then. Yeah. I, but, yeah, if he... Well, still, I don't believe it too much. You can't have, you know, six blokes playing off the half-back line. So well, the, you know who was there? Who? I think they're going to have two or three blokes, maybe four, three or four blokes, like three blokes, just rotating between, like, a midfield slash wing... Uh, midfield slash half-back position. One of those, uh, and again, this will be a salary cap hype leading into draft. Darcy Wilmot, mm. he's like being touted because he cost you chips in in the salary cap format. But he's, you know, is he going to displace Kitty Coleman, Cotter McKenna, or um, da- you know, Daniel Rich, or even Cam Rayner? Probably not. Well, what's Maybe. actually interesting coming out of West Coast is uh, on Will Schofield's podcast. He said he was down there watching the training. And he was saying that they work in like a triangle system with three blokes. So it was Luke Shuey, Elliot Yo, and that um, Ruben Jimby all rotate through midfield and halfback. So, you know, two in the midfield, one would be halfback, and then they just rotate around like every yeah. couple. Of, so there's, there's going to be that potential of, you know, yeah, Ruben Jimby, they just hype him up for drive instead of salary cap. But he was saying that they work. Jimby? Jimby? Gimby? I don't know. Surely really Gibney. It's G I N B E Y. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting that he, he was, you know, having a look at that. So watch out for the West Coast guys at DPP coming their way. Mm. Heard it here second. <laughs> Heard it here second. Great stuff. Great. Really great stuff. Gam. Yeah. Uh, so that was fact, wasn't it? Fact. Yes. Sure. Uh, easy yeah. fact. We went on for far too long of a five-second answer. It's yeah. true. <laughs> Just got to fill true. the show. We've got to fill the show, Steve. Pat, Pat the stats. Um, the, the Essendon midfield of podcasts. So we, uh, <laughs> so my second fact or fiction, are we overlooking, uh, sorry, are we not, are we walking into a trap with Josh Dunkley just assuming he's the best pick in the draft? Potentially. I'll say fact. Yeah. I'll say fact. fact. Yeah. In, in what regard? We all just assume he's going to be... Numero so he's a lay down 110 in you know AFL fantasy and potentially bigger in super coach. I'll and, say fiction. Yeah, fiction? You think he will be? I think he will be. Yeah. So I I understand all the hype and I get it and it, there's stuff that backs it up and and I get it, but there's stuff that doesn't necessarily back it up, right? So the Lions in the last like, and I know this because I've, been, I've written the kit for them in the last however long I've been producing the kit, right? But the, their team historically has like one or two really big scorers and the rest average in the, you know, high to mid-70s. 
I'm not saying he's a 70s guy, right? But even just looking at last year, Lockie Neal, 105, uh, Hugh McCluggage, 102, Jared Lyons, 98, and then falls off a cliff to 83. And I'm, I'm just wondering, like, is there enough... They're, they're sort of middle of the table when it comes to, I think, both formats as far as total score goes from a fantasy perspective. But do they share the ball too much to, to, to have individuals being that, you know, absolutely primo score um, or to have two two blokes be u- uber primos in Lockie Neal and Jared Lyons. I think um, two years ago, that would have been a far different story in Supercoach. You would have had Lyons be really good. You would have had mm. Neil. Oh, Neil had a bit of a down year a couple of years ago, didn't he? He got that it injury was, the Cindy. But, but McCluggage was fine. Rich was fine. Zorko was fine. Yeah, you had, you had four, five players that were okay, but then it dropped 20 points. Yeah. But you said yeah. that, you know, they middle of the road for tackles and that. They actually came out at the end of last season and said, you know, we're looking to be more of a tackling team, sort of why they got Dunkley. Like, Dunkley alone will lead their, that club in tackles this year. Plus, we saw him a couple of years ago now, he went through that four-game patch where he was like 34, 10 tackles, just absolutely, yeah. absolutely and marks. So, like, absolutely braining it. That's probably, you know, Around, he won't be having ten tackles, but six, seven tackles a game is achievable. Yeah, I, I just think it's um, it's inter- This is the first time that I can remember where someone has moved club, and everyone's just like, "No, nah, they're the best draft pick that you can imagine." And they just I reckon when Tom Mitchell went to Hawthorne, I was like, "This is the tits." Yeah, yeah. Look, that's that's probably that'll probably be the last. Gaz, time. Gaz at the Gold Coast. Um, couldn't have picked that. No way that that he's gonna. Yeah, no, you probably it's a, probably a fair point, Cam. It's probably yeah, a fair it's point. A, it's a and challenge. I um like I was talking on with someone online or offline, I should say, about their where we're going to talk take someone in draft, like who would be the top pick. I couldn't pick Dunkley number one in Supercoach. Oh. I just couldn't yeah. do it. I, I really can't. Like, yes, he might say be a hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty Supercoach player. He could do that. That's that's fine. But imagine pissing away Clayton Oliver mm. to do that. I just couldn't do it. Even even Laird. I'd, okay, I'd maybe pick four in Supercoach. Pick four. I think that's pretty fair. So pick when you're coming back at 19, then I suppose that differential between the forward and the you, mid, you, it's, it's going to be... You give him it, like, especially in a captain's, it's an extra tw- potential... I mean, that's if it works out. That's if it works yeah. out, right, for Dunkley. If it doesn't work out, it's 20 points you've just given up. And, you know, on in the second round, you're probably going to get Cogs, Rosie, whoever you like there, your pick. Mm. Um, I, I feel like it's, you know, in Supercoach, just those mids. AFL Fantasy, I'm more okay with it. Um, but mm. fuck, man. Like, it's, um, you'd want to be right. You would oh, really sure. want to be right. I think the fact that you really are going to get your pick of, um, you, you're going to get a decent forward at the back end of the second is what makes that to me, me as well. Yeah, makes it a little bit less value. And that's what I was saying at the start. Like I've been practicing drafting it. You know, a couple of positions in mock draft from pick one. You know, you take Dunkley. Actually, team shit. <laughs> feels like feels, yeah, it just feels like it's not the answer. Especially in a bonsai league, which we play in our home league. I've done it a couple of times. Like I've got. Pick one of we get to pick our 
drafting position. So I've got pick one, and I can pick any position I want, but I've been going all over the shop, and yeah, pick one if you get Dunkley is a bit stank. That's the problem, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But I think, like, realistically, John, I think if you went, say, pick three or four, you, you'll get him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you're no. still going to get that quality I, midfielder. You still get a, probably get a Bont maybe on the way back. Maybe. Mate, I have Bont as my M2. There's no fucking way you're getting Bont in okay. a second. <laughs> Depends where you draft him, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think it was last week, John. I was like, oh, you, you know, Bont's going to be a great M2-3. And I'm like, what? No, that, that, that was in the kit, mate. When Oh, it was in the kit. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, it was too. It would be a good, be a good M2 in AFL Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. Massively good. Who's up next? So that was a one fan that's fun you, you. No, that was Yeah, you, that yeah, was that was a bit of a split answer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on fiction. It's hard not to fence it on it, but I'll say fact just for the, just for the pod. Uh, so my my question is, are forwards really going to fly off the board ridiculously early in drafts this year? Because that's, you know. I don't think the casual fan is really... They're just coming into the... They're, they're getting their fantasy mind switched on right now, right? And we've been talking about it since September. <laughs> and it's sort of all about, yeah, you got to get a forward. you got to get a forward. And I'm going through the, the mock site today. And in the first 50 picks, there's actually slightly more defenders going in the first 50 picks. But you're getting the first batch of forwards off the board before the defenders. So... Are we going too hard? Like, are we, is there a world to switch? But are the defenders on your draft day when push comes to shove really going to fly off the board like we think? I th- I'm after you, Jono. I was going to say, talking to one of our mates, Steve Costa, we actually had this discussion. It's, he's like, he's one of those people, he's just switched on for draft season. And he's like, oh, you're probably your first, I'll say six to ten forwards will go off the board and then it's, then it's just whatever after that. So I think out your tier top 10 will go off the board, whoever they may be, and then it's open season after that. It'll, it'll fall into line. So my, my take at the moment anyway is that you, I agree with you that I think it'll be the top six go off the board. Mate, we'll, okay, like, we'll call it The six, top yeah. six forwards. Top, top six so you, forwards, up to like Butters, really Rosie sort of thing. Yeah, they'll, they'll be pretty quick. And then there's going to be a very, very small break. And then someone's going to take the seventh forward. And then everyone's going to go, oh, fuck. i got to get some forwards. <laughs> because it, it, like, again, on the mock draft. And the mock draft isn't always going to give you the answer that happens on the day. But it, it gives it you an feels idea. to me like I get through to round 10. And it is deserted in that forward line. Like you are, If you haven't picked, like, four forwards by that time, I did a mock without picking a forward it's until like round fun. 16, Probably. and that was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the rest of my team was stacked. I can't live like that. I can. I can't live like forward, I hate them. I, I just feel like, they, you know, again, it'll be one of the most interesting runs that we've had in a long time. You know, there's usually like a ruck rush where everyone just goes, you know, someone, after this big lines are gone, you know, there'll be a run of about four or five rucks in a row. And that's going to happen this year, but for forwards, and it's going to go like ten deep. Yeah, in the in the first two, the first twenty picks, there's still three defenders and three forwards by ADP. Yeah, okay, that that doesn't surprise me. And, and then I'm curious to see, like, by round six, a, seven, pick a run of the mill 
forward where they're going, like a sort of mid tier, mid to low tier forward. Tarrant Give us Thomas. like a, um, a Wayne Miller. Oh, he's at the end. Miller's at the end. I'm keen, keen to see because I, I reckon he might be. What his ADP is. Yeah. Miller, 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 Miller. 200, I'd say. In AFL Fantasy, 139. Bang. Mm. Oh, there's, so some, looking at, there's some crazy ones like Liam Shields. I know he's rumored playing like training through the mids. He's like 150. Yeah, the, the it, it's it crazy. gets like, shit you, bad. It gets shit it, real it's bad. Really <laughs> crazy. Like I, I reckon by round say I, I said four picks before, but say like by round 11, 12, if you don't if you haven't squared away three forwards, you're in you're in some trouble. I just think everyone's going to be in the same boat. Like, yeah. and if you do this, you're going to be. You know, then you, who's your who's your D two at that point? Like, yeah, what what's your D two? Ryan Burton. You know what I mean? Well, but it, they they go deeper. Yeah, but the point. Right? My so, point is, yeah, you, you always find forwards like happen through yeah. the year. You go, oh well, Marcus Windhager breaks out. Would anyone be shocked? Probably not. Um, mm. A ruckman gets injured and Oscar Joe Blow steps up. You know, it, do, it doesn't shock me. I just like I'm I'm just not shocked. Like not like a lot a lot of these forwards go into the third round. That's that's when they go. Like mm. Dylan Dylan Moore, Butters, Cameron, well maybe not Cameron Heaney. They're all going in that um, that round there. I don't, I don't know. So is that we'll say fact, fiction? What is that fiction? What's the question again? Are <laughs> uh, forwards going to fly off the board super early? Probably. I'll say fiction. I think we're saying fiction. No. N- Depends how we're talking about early. In the first yeah. three rounds, like, is there going to be an yeah. over First three rounds, pr- probably, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think top tier forwards will be gone after round three. Definitely. All right. Uh, my last one is, do we put too much emphasis on players training with the mid-groups? Uh, we hear about it yes. year on year. Yep, done. Under the questions. Under the questions. But it doesn't eventuate. I'm looking at guys like Doc, Caleb Daniel. We we see him training with the mid. Like, Doc, he took... Cody Waitman. Cody Waitman, the prime example. He's not playing midfield. Well, it's Bevo, so maybe he will. But year on year, we just too much stock into it. Because they're running match sims with 40 blokes. Someone's got to play midfield. So I wouldn't worry about it. And like Doc, last, if you look at the stats, he had two rounds where he was in the CBAs. That's where I think the hype's coming from. But Walsh was missing those games. And Walsh was missing for the first month, so they need someone to fill the gap. And Caleb Daniel, no. Just no. So, in fact, let's go to the questions. I'll go with you on that it could be overstated. Like, it's not always a good thing. Well, that's right. It's that's and that's where I'm coming from. It's not a good thing all the time. Like, you know, we're hearing everyone's running through the mids, but how often does it actually happen that, like, it happens? Like, look at Jake Stringer. Went to Essendon. Was promised more mid time. He only got that in his contract year. Other than that, he was playing a lot forward. Like, he starts a lot of centre bounces though. He does and does. Oh, it does happen though. Like Laird midfield, Mills midfield. You know. A lot of that was forwards. sort of but a lot of the lead was more in season sort of thing that trans um, that transpired yeah, there, sure. not not in the preseason. Sure, 
I mean, Jared Lyons went to mm. Brisbane more mid-time. True. That was just more game time because he wasn't getting the goal cast. <laughs> Sun's legend. Um, like Nick Dacos, sure. Why wouldn't he play in the midfield at some point? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, look, he is a midfield. Well, he's a midfielder, so and that's what they do. Clubs do they put him in the halfback or the forward line until they build a tank, and then generally second, third, or third year, once they've had a couple of preseasons, that's when they unleash him in the midfield. So that's we've spoken about that on this over the years. I could see like, um, like teams put someone who has like a defensive focus in the midfield. Like, say you're Essendon, not a great tackling, not a great defensive team. I could see them put someone who, like Andy Coldwell. McGrath. Like, to, yeah, well, and Coldwell uh, is training well, as a tagger. Well, I mean, Setterfield, right? Setterfield, yeah. Someone with that defensive pressure, defensive mindset to go into the midfield. Like, I could see that working. If you'd want to tell a story about how it happens, Matthew Boyd did it for a number of years. He was a tagger and actually became a pretty good on baller. Same with fiction. Cogs. He was fiction. <laughs> Cogs. He was a tagger when he started as well. I don't know what Sorry. the hell. You're arguing against yourself now. I know. Joe. It's good. I'm only posing the question. You're the one who has to decide if it's fact or fiction. No, I think you're right. I think it's fact. Anyway, on to the questions. Matt, fact. Make Stato great again. Burner account? I mean, he really went to bat for it, so probably. Russ, Flanders being relevant this year or any year for that matter? Mm. Is this an attack on you? I've taken it that way. <laughs> Man, I've never seen so many puff pieces about a player I've been interested in. It's either, I mean, all my picks are usually terrible, so it can't be bad. It can't be worse. Can't be worse. I might, like, there hasn't been any news of an intra-club at the Suns, right? I, I tried looking for it earlier today and I couldn't find it. And so I'm like, what's going on there? Oh, uh, they had one on, yeah, there's not much reporting about it. They had one, I know they had one on the Sunshine when they went did their season Sunshine camp. Coast, yeah. Yeah, their mm. camp. Um, I, I tried, I was like dissecting the little clips going, is this a best versus the rest? And then I worked out that... Um, Rory, because I saw Flanders and it was like, oh no, he might be in the rest. But then I was like, oh, Rory Atkins is in the best. <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense. Or does it? I think it does. <laughs> it looked. It didn't look like they were doing the, um, who was it? Brisbane. We're just, everyone, he's the best team and yeah, he's, get he's the seconds. We're just yep. going to wax you guys. We're going to practice pumping the hell out of the other team, which makes a lot of sense. I guess you need that. You need those uh, those little layup games, don't you? Absolutely. Just get the egos going. Isn't that what we call this show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the layup show. That's what teams call it when they play Adelaide, and we'll North be Melbourne. in Adelaide in a couple of weeks. Shout out. Shout out, yeah. Uh, Real Oogie Boogie. Carlton will make finals and you need to go for forwards early in your draft. We talked about the latter. Yeah. Um, Carlton will make finals, fact. Sure. I'm I'm for it. Russ, again, I drafted Setterfield recently in a keeper redraft. Is he going to be the next Hewitt Lipinski? I don't... See, I I saw that and I'm like, yeah, Hewitt was great. And then I... Lipinski. Lipinski? He was, he was great, but it was a, not in that same role. He was solid. Yeah. Adequate. 
But he wasn't playing this inside mid role like you it was. No. Yeah. And he also, you know, had DPP, which is, you know, with Setterfield. Setterfield's not getting DPP. No, he's not. And so if he's going to be an 80 to 90 mid, who gives a shit? Mm. Yeah. You need those guys, though. You need those guys. You just don't get hyped about them. Kid Blue, I'm struggling with the narrative that all these players like Taranto, Tom Mitchell, Canelio are capable of beating the system. They're now in the Richmond system, despite all the evidence we have that speaks against it. Salary cap and draft coaches predicting big numbers. I love this one. It's a good question. So, I mean, this is this is kind of what we were talking about with Dunkley and the Lions anyway, right? So, can are they good enough to go into a system and, you know, break the mold? I think the Richmond system is changing and I'm kind of, I think over the last couple of years, it's morphed a little bit. I think it's going to morph a little bit more this year. And I, I think that you might see a few more Richmond Lions. Yeah. Okay. What about say the GWS and Collingwood players he's talked about that really, they it really has, I mean, GWS where people are all about Tom Green. They are all about Canelio. Yeah. Obviously Josh Kelly's still going to go, probably in the second round of your drafts. Uh, are these guys being over, overhyped? I think maybe Cogs more so than Kelly. Tom Green's certainly getting a lot of hype. Um, but as we've seen in those Richmond systems, a couple of their midfielders either score okay or really well. So it's... Well, we talked about last be... week. They've been... Sh- I mean, Presti's been okay, but mostly they've been bad. <laughs> Like yeah. sub ninety, I I find it um, that GWS one scares the shit out of me. To be honest, like I, Hogs, you have to put respect on his name just because he's a forward. But I, I am I have serious reservations taking Kelly, Tom Tom Green probably less so because he, he's not going to catch you. But just who knows? Like, you don't know what Kingsley's system is going to be like in his second year. It's terrifying. First year. Well, he coached like six games or whatever, four games. No, no. You're thinking well, of McVeigh. That's McVeigh, dude. Ah, oh, so it was. Pipes is fresh. Oh, no. Pipes is fresh. Oh, no. That's not Otherwise, we'd be having Himmelberg as our F yeah. or D1. Well, it's like, I was looking at just taking a glance at it. Let me see if I've got the figures here. That's, and that's why I argued Rosie over Cogs, right? I'm, I'm fact. This is fact. Yep, I agree with actually. I was looking at just randomly Ross Lyons, like you know, how good was he at uh, producing fantasy football scores as a team versus the competition in the era when he was at uh, Fremantle and then secondly with Clarko when he was uh, at the Hawks and uh, so with Clarko didn't go as far back but with Lyons, it's pretty scary. So he was there for what, eight years I think and the last four of those years, he was in like the it's, lower third of the competition from a fantasy output perspective. But that's uh, but if you look they, at they were shit house. At the yeah, time. they were shit house. And when they were great, they were one of the top five in terms yeah, of yeah. So half his splits were top five, and the yeah. rest were you know sixteen to twenty. But in, when the, when you consider relative to the competition, the Saints last year were second in fantasy. Huh? In fantasy, uh, like there, there's a there is potential cliff there. Right, like the, depending what game style he brings in, if it's closer to the the earlier part of his career, uh, Rio, then awesome. They can maintain. 
But that free, they maintain, not up. Maintain. Yeah, but that, but that, they're already second. But that game plan was still there when they were crappy. He just didn't have the cattle because it all retired or or didn't have Pav. Put it that way. Pav and Sandy or, just or Pav, Pav carried the team too. <laughs> Pretty much. It, you know, like I, I find it like that kind of interesting. And then similarly with um, you know, look, you look at Clarko for example, and they were always pretty relevant in both formats. There were a couple of years towards the end there where they were like 12th team mm. coach, but they were sort of 5th, 7th. But it was a fantasy-friendly game style, so... Yeah, and North were 18th in both formats last year. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, damn, like, regardless of what game plan he rolls out, they're fucking going up. Yeah, it's really interesting, Cam, because you had the team that led the league in marks and the team that was ass end of the league in marks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can only see two, di- like one direction for both of these teams to move. Yeah. One has to go down, one has to go up, right? Has to be correct, that way. Correct. correct. Yeah. So that's fact, whatever the question was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coxie, Taranto being relevant at the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fact. Fact. Uh, Greg, cannot get myself to trust Tim English as a top three ruck in total points. Uh, it'll all come down to his injuries. He gets- so I, I'm going to say the question is fiction because I think Fiction. Tim English is a werewolf. I don't. Tim English. Tim English. Good. Tim point. English. Good. I mean, he's got the skin of somebody or something. That's vampires. Vampire. It? Yeah, I'm more. I'm for a West Australian. He's very pasty. I'm, I'm okay with Tim English, but I don't. I'm not drafting him, but I'm okay with him to finish top three. Yes, I'm fact on that. Yeah. Greg also Cunners is a top twenty forward for Super Coach. Feels very Michael Barlow moving to the Gold Coast Suns. Didn't Barlow break his leg in like the first match for Gold Coast? Uh, it's hard to remember back that far. Pretty sure, despite being a oh, no, it was a free <laughs> Um Cunners top twenty forward in Super Coach easily. Yeah, I can see that. He's I've actually dropped. I've dropped Cunners a bit this week. How far? No, he's still pretty relevant, but he's out of the top. I think he was fringy top 10. He's back to like 15, I think. Top 20 lock. Still a top 20. You heard it here first. Frio, Jack Steele stocks with Ross the boss. Yes. Yeah, I'm all for that. Normally his midfielders, a a Ross Lyon Frio, a midfield is pretty good. Tom, that's a fact for me. Stonks are up. And Tom Papley's prognosis at Carlton. Fact. Up. Fact. Uh, Carlton Mid-season Blues. trade. That letting go of Grundy was a good list management decision to use the ruck duo of Cox Cameron instead. Well, I think salary cap had more <laughs> to do than letting... Well, that's list management, right? Yeah. I mean, they got Tom Mitchell, right? Um Damage yeah. day. Ninja Spoon, HK Doss claiming that he has already won the Hilux this season in Classic. It's a salary cap crap. Oh, it's a salary... Oh, I got done in. You even got I, got, <laughs> I got warned as well and I still got done. <laughs> you got capped. God damn it. Put a cap in my ass. Just FYI, I think there is another salary cap question in the... Don't, don't... Dottie, is are four field umpires really enough? I just want... Maybe, what is it, 44 players on a field? One one umpire per player. I don't think there's 44 players on the field. Or 18, well, you got 22 players, 18 and 18. Odin, I th- 
I don't think the narrative of McRae improving just because Dunkley is gone is true. He already had huge CBA numbers. I don't think he will be woeful, but I do think he continues a steady decline to a flat 100. Whoa. Decline? I, I, I see his point, though. Like, what yeah. changes for McRae? He's not out on a wing? Yeah, like, I, I think it's more like, yeah, he's going to get maybe... He'll have the maintain CBAs, this. But is he going to rest on the wing? It's the internal competition. That's the point, Jono. Exactly. Who replaces Dunkley in the things he does? Not many that... can do the things that Dunkley can do. Yeah, right. So what's the difference between McRae this year was like 103 and a half, something like that. If he gets yep. a tackle and a kick more a game, well, he's over 110. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I think that's what we're saying. You know, getting more CBAs doesn't, necessarily mean a higher score exactly uh andrew del pozo andrew andrew says the toby Toby mclean hype is fact fiction okay what's your expectations for toby mclean as an average for an average 80 that's still pretty good well it's it's fine but I mean, I think people are talking like he's going to be a hundred. Oh no! You know, oh, I they am. Are. Like that's that's people are expecting him to go to twenty sixteen. Toby McLean. Yeah. I just don't see it. No, I got mid seventies. And I'm, like to uh, Owen's Andrew. point, this, this is what we're saying. Like, is McLean replacing Dunkley? And it's like, well, well, McLean is a Dunkley two point Like, they can do it, but not yeah, as good. It, it's Dunkley at home. Yeah, Dunkley point five. <laughs> Andrew's initials are ADP. Nice. Uh, Cameron, thoughts on Bon at 891K. Cameron. <laughs> it must be a new listener and doesn't understand that draft doctors. We're not talking beers here. We're talking draft fantasy football. Sometimes beers. These, That's the craft doctors. These salary cap and We've had a few sneak in lately. Not a give fan. You a head, give your head a shake, Cameron. <laughs> Sparksy, Jono hasn't been to Shed 16 <laughs> Fiction <laughs> I was I was only there what To get there, directions Sparksy? to get away from there <laughs> You didn't see me Sparksy Because what night were you there Because I was there on the other night You were <laughs> <laughs> SB7 Titch will go back to being a top 10 mid Fact Ooh, top 10. Fiction. You know I've got him as my burn man in the kit. I think Nervous. we're all saying fiction. Fiction. Mm. He'll be thereabouts, but I don't think he'd be going back to your 120 status. Yeah, where do I have him ranked, actually? I'll have a look. It's it's here. Right I think now. I have him ranked in the top 10, but I, I don't have confidence with it. I think I've, I've got, got him at M2. 14. 14? Yeah. So that's no. Fife and Yo will play more than 20 games combined, let alone each. Ooh, I'll take that as a fact. I'll take fact. <laughs> Fiction. Mills, Warner, Parker, and Robottom can all average over 100 in the same midfield. Just Was it Mills, Warner? Just Google pa- Vince Parker. McMahon's entrance music. Mm. I think they drop off <clears throat> due to the... Um, 
pantsing they got in the grand final. That's that does psychological damage to people. Uh, Taranto will average more than stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> yep. Fact. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Ethan Mills averages a hundred in his sleep. Oh, he's replying to the other guy. Got to be. Yeah, the other guy's tough. Um, Corey, Tom Green or LDU could be a top eight mid, I reckon, this season over Mitchell. Top eight. Fiction. I, I see it more for LDU than I do for... Uh, but, again, wait, top, no one knows what Kingsley's... Cooking. Who knows? I say fiction because I have it ranked that way. Could it happen? Sure, it could. Yep, yeah. Yeah, agree. I'd say not this year, next year for LDU. Uh, Mini Monk. Dacos is... Oh, there's a few questions here. Dacos going into the midfield being good for his scoring. I don't think you can lock that in. No. Are Essendon playing a chipmark game style, a forward half game style, or a Marbo, whatever the vibe is, game style? I think vibe. I'm going with Marbo. And who is really playing halfback for the Ruse? And why am I going to be sucked into drafting Zebel again? This is what people are all about it. It's the name value, man. Like, no one's heard of Goda. No one's heard of this Drury fella. But it's name value. And two seasons ago, he averaged like 110 or 105 or whatever it was. Yeah, and that was two years ago. But he's older, fatter, and slower. <laughs> Aren't we all, John? We all? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say, what was it? Something, something, something's evil. Uh, who is really playing halfback and why am I going to be sucked into drafting's evil? I'm going to... Why is he going to be sucked in? Who's playing halfback? How do you give that a fact or fiction? Yeah, they're not really fact or fiction questions. No. Good questions, Great. though. Sit on the fence for that one. Yeah. Uh, Surly, that Cam is hiding his deep love of the mighty Gold Coast Suns behind a facade of barracking for the Cats. Fiction. Definitely fiction. Yeah, I don't want that man on our on our team, on our bandwagon. Well, I mean, you're going to have to say as well. You'll be on the board soon, right? Thank God. Yeah. Wait, CEO. You Just the power iron, you want. Iron fist. Iron fisting the league. R- Rory Atkins, all the minutes. Flanders, all the minutes. Just to prove something right. <laughs> You know, this is the first year that I was listening to an interview with um, Stuart Dewey. This is the first year Rouse had a full preseason. Ooh. Wow. Stonks. Big time. Alex just says, Rux and the new sub rule. They are fact. They are facts. They exist. <laughs> Mini Monk, there seems to be a false narrative similar to the McKay conundrum that there is only one a- Jed Anderson. Can you confirm? That is true. They've never played against each other. I've same. never seen them in the same room. Same. Who out of Dugowie and Crisp gains DPP? Too many cooks in that kitchen. That's system of a dune. I think Crisp. I think both could get it. I think Pendles. You reckon? So I, I kind of think Crisp will float back to halfback while Dacos sits in the mid. Yeah, but Dugowie always... They, at times they need someone to kick goals, so they throw Dugowie in the forward line. If it's enough, yeah. it'd be. Yeah, forward line was effective last year, to be honest. Yeah, but, you know, he's got that X factor. If the game's tight, they might throw him in there. And it might be enough to just tip him over the line. But I'd, I'd do back Chris more than to go in. 
I'd say it's crisp more than Dugowie, but I think it's Pendles. Um, in mm. fact, I'm certain it's Pendles. But it was supposed to be last year as well, right? Well, and he yep. got it, didn't he? Did he? Yep. In, yeah. In, oh, wow. Yeah, he got it at round six. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, why Ed Richards isn't what he showed us at the back half of last year. Fiction. Fiction. I'm saying that Ed Richards is what he showed us at the back half of last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And and the justification for it is more about the opportunity, right? So if they're looking for, you know, if they're looking for other ways to deploy Caleb Daniel. That to me says that maybe Ed Richards and Bailey Dale are going to be the facts. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for the questions. You goddamn salary cappers. Keep your nose out. Or at least (laughs) figure out a way to frame it as a draft question. Show some initiative. Come on, guys. Come on. And once again, please buy the draft kit and the mock site. Uh, Poorest man in fantasy football. Struggling to feed the kids. You heard her crying. Wait, I edited that part out. <laughs> well, she's hungry. She give him like a carrot. That, that's a that's a food. Good snack. Tough times. Got to go to Adelaide. How am I supposed to get there? Just be hitching at this point. Fuel prices going up. It's tough. tough so we're gonna we're gonna drop after this pod drops in two days. There'll be an update to the rankings. I think is that right? That's absolutely correct. Mm, and some mm. profile updates. As well. How does that work, Cam? Do they just get emailed out? No, so you just go the email. You pay another twenty bucks. Got, just re-download it from the links, and it will already be updated for. They've they've already deleted that email. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> we can um, if if you get to a point where you haven't got it, contact Warney and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we can reissue those emails. Yeah, and head down to the trader show. We'll see you down there. Not Cam. Not Cam. We'll stay there. Wimped out. Did you say you had to go shopping with the missus that day? Isn't that why you pulled out? Washing, <laughs> he's washing his hair. Had to pick some new Manchester or something, so oh, I can't go. I need uh, new linen. Yeah, so, draft day. Totally yeah, draft. Yeah, yeah, right. That's who who drafts that early. Absolutely linen, isn't it, Jono? Yeah, definitely. What's wrong with thousand thread count? <laughs> <laughs> buy it online, my friend. My newspaper sheets don't have threads, Cam. It's the poorest man in fantasy football. <laughs> You're just sleeping in a TP. Uh, yeah. Tough times. All right. Thanks for checking it out, listeners. We'll see you next week. And we're going to have a mock draft. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.